Hey guys, gals, and everything in between. You may not know this, but everything about this podcast, from the cover art to the theme music, is supporting local Buffalo talent. So we felt it was only appropriate for our first promotional collab to be a Buffalo-born business. Fit Dreams Activewear is a locally owned business that sells stylish and affordable activewear. They have everything from crop top hoodies, leggings, headbands, hats, to tank tops and windbreakers for both men and women. You can check out their wide variety of fitness apparel on their website at fdawares.com. That's fdawares.com. F-D-A-W-E-A-R-Z.com. The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on bicbp-radio.com. Lady love. Lady love. So... Today's not that bad. Today's today's topic is not too terrible. <laughs> it worries me that you started off that way. Well, it's just because, like, <laughs> you know, the last couple of weeks we've had a lot of body mutilation, I feel like. For sure, for sure. Physical harm. This one's kind of more fun. Oh, fun. Yeah, I think you'll find it hilarious. I find it fucking hilarious. <laughs> wow, okay, we dove into fun. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm all for it. But, um, anyway, so, I'm Courtney. And I'm Kat. And this is Wine with a Good Crimes and Cat Mom's Oh My! Mm-hmm. In there. So, before we start, uh, Lady Love is going to introduce our signature wine of the week. Yeah. For this week's wine, we're going to be trying Superstition. Oh, oops. <laughs> <laughs> Technical difficulties. I was... Oh. <laughs> this is all terrible, Lady This is hilarious. Oh, well... While I'm having all the technical difficulty in the world, we're going to be trying a super cute, adorable, uh, sweet wine by Knapp Winery and Vineyard Restaurant. Okay. Mm -hmm. Sure. I'm all for it. The reason why we picked it is because it has an adorable black cat in the front. And obviously, going with the name of the podcast, it is perfect and very fitting. And then after taking that awful recommendation from that girl a couple weeks ago... (laughs) I can really drink last week. I think this will this will make a strong comeback for us. I can feel it. I can sense it. This will bring it back. I, I think so. Yeah. And the fact that it has an adorable black kitty on the front. Exactly. How could it not? Oh, it looks just like Lulu. It does. It's the same, like, orange eye color and everything, mm-hmm. just like Lulu. So cute. So, today, I'm going to start our episode again with a little Sophia bit to explain what we are talking about today. Picture it. Boston, Massachusetts, 1990. It's a cold night in March. The St. Paddy's Day drunks have run amok and left the city streets a little worse for wear. A deadhead security guard is going about his night thinking it will be his regularly scheduled program of doing nothing at all until the birds are chirping. But whatever, the art won't watch itself. Leaning back in his chair like a bum and blankly staring at the screen, he sees two coppers pull up in a red jalopy. Jalopy. (laughs) (laughs) 
They says they got a disturbance call and need to come in. And seeing how he's not much of a thinker and no model citizen, he didn't want to do nothing to piss off the boys in blue. <laughs> they walk in and says to the bum, you look familiar. I think we have a warrant on you. Come out here and show us some ID. Sweating bullets, he leaves his desk and more importantly, the panic button. They make him face the wall and cuff him. He's confused, thinking, why didn't they pat me down? The coppers make him go to the basement and tie him up. <laughs> He's starting to realize he messed up. The other poor staff on the job walks in the room and gets cuffed. Why am I being arrested, he asks. The coppa says, you're not being arrested. This is a robbery. <gasps> Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> so today we are covering the Gardner Museum heist in Boston, Massachusetts, 1990. Oh, no shit. Mm-hmm. It's a heist. It is a heist. Oh, lady titty. I cannot wait for this. Mm-hmm. Wait, there, so there are no dead bodies? Is that what you No, mean? no dead bodies. Really? Yeah. This is a good one. This is like a nice, fun, wholesome week of no dick bobs or oh. cum dumpsters. Or... Must be in the holiday spirit, we love. Oh, yeah. No, next week is going to be a terrible, terrible holiday spirit one. Oh, no, I figured this was one of the more mild episodes. It- oh, yeah, this is definitely... We're going we're gonna, to, like, easy win, because next week's going to be awful. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> one good and bad, one good, one bad. Like, is this how it's going to... I mean, I, sure, yeah. I can take it. I guess I can handle that. <laughs> so, the Isabella Stewart Gardner uh, Museum, better known as the Gardner Museum, has a vast collection of art that can be found inside of a beautiful building designed in the style of a 15th century Venetian palace named Fenway Court in Boston, Massachusetts. Okay. The museum was opened to the public on January 1st, 1903. Oh, ah, look what they love. Look what they love. Oh, it's so pretty too. It's purple. Right? Mm. With the rainbow glass, it's really nice. Hold on. I know. I like it. I like it. Okay. Oh. <laughs> there. Okay. We oh. need to try these. Ding, ding. <laughs> I know. Social hey distancing. Guys, yep, we are social distancing. Don't worry. We are definitely six feet apart. <laughs> oh, actually, I'll have you all know, Lady Love and I actually did get tested for the Rona, and we are both, in fact, negative. Very negative. <laughs> but my boyfriend had to get Rona, so we have to social distance. <laughs> Even though we're just being safe and considerate. So stay safe, wash your hands, and stay inside. And people. wear your mask. Yeah. Wear your mask. <laughs> oh, that's oh yeah. No, this is a good one. Wow, that almost tastes like... I don't even know, but it's like... Doesn't it taste like a candy? It does. Do you like a candy flavor? Mm-hmm. I like it. It's almost like... It reminds me of, like, when you're a kid and you have, like, flat, you know, grape soda or something, and then you put, like, ginger ale in it. Wait, what? <laughs> you never had to mix sodas, Lady Love? I was po. I guess I had to. <laughs> no, I never Listen, Lady Love, once it's in the fridge for a day, it's flat. I won't drink it. I don't care. I'll fucking pour it out. Really? Yep. I've seen how, how Devin drinks, like, flat soda for, like, weeks after that. No. Mm-hmm. I'm not about that one. <laughs> it's not bubbly. I'm not with it. <laughs> Easy, easy. I like this. This is like the perfect amount of, of amount of sweet, you know. Yeah, this is very good. I like it. I do quite enjoy it, and it's Choice. a fun purple color, which Yee. is my favorite. Yeah. 
But Good job, Lilo. Good oh, job. Yeah. yeah. Padding on the yeah. back. <laughs> All right. But so the museum was open to the public on January 1st, 1903. Uh, but the art itself was amassed over decades by Isabella Stewart Gardner and her husband, John. His nickname was Jack Gardner, which I don't get why Jack is a nickname for John. Me either. I never really understood that. I understand. I could see Joe. Yeah. You know, Joe for for John or, yeah. Yeah. But like Jack, Jack. I never got that. Jack is more of a name. I love the name Jack. Yeah. And I would think it would be short for like Jackson or, yeah, you know. Exactly. That's super cute. Super. Yeah. No. John out of Jack. I don't get it. But it's like Bob out of Rob. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That you doesn't know, make sense. I never got that one either. Or Richard and Dick. I don't yeah. get that at all. Bill. Bill for William. Yeah. The fuck is that about? Fuck it. I don't know. Weirdos. So after their uh, son's untimely death, they decided to travel all throughout uh, Europe, Asia, and the Middle East, and they collected more than two thousand five hundred objects. That spanned the ages from antiquity, meaning like ancient times, to like the 1920s. How old was the kid? What happened to the kid? Uh, it doesn't really say. It didn't. They didn't get into it with it. It just says that their son had an untimely death. But hmm. given the times, I mean, I'm sure it was something ridiculous like TB or. Yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah. Okay. So, um, the gardeners, especially Isabella, had a contagious ambition and vision for their art. And they had planned to open a private museum for their collection together. Uh, However, on December 10th, 1898, at the age of 61, Mm. John had passed away. But this didn't stop Isabella. If anything, it fueled her and her vision, and it drove her even more to make their dream come true. So after his passing, she began the construction of Fenway Court, which is the building that the museum is in. Okay. Okay. Aw, um, poor Jack. I know. It's like sad, sad face. But I mean, 61 in the 1898, I right, feel like... Like their lifespan, like 37? Yeah. I was going to say, isn't it like... Good old Jack make it, made it a pretty long time. I know. He made it to almost retirement age now. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. Mm-hmm. Well, so she kept pursuing. She did. She was ambitious. Good for her. And she lived for a while. Did she now? Mm-hmm. But so she played an active role in the design of the building and its uh, construction too. Okay. So after the building was completed in 1901, Isabella, I've been calling her Izzy, <laughs> spent a year tediously cur- curating every piece in her collection on all three floors of the museum's gallery spaces. Okay, so she got a little obsessive. Mm-hmm. But it was like her baby. You know, she had the building made. She helped design it. She, you know, fixed everything in there. I and, get it. I get it. Yes, sympathize. I sympathize. Mm-hmm. But she actually even lived in this building. She had a, a private apartment made for her on the fourth floor, which Izzy over here has some fucking funds. I mean, yes, absolutely. To do something like that, you got some funds, but you got some fucking kooky shit going on as well. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> you're gonna, it's not enough that you obsessively spend all of your time decorating the three floors of this museum that you obsessively just created, but, like, you're going to live there, too? Oh, yeah, she lived She lived there till the day she died. 
Oh, whoa. Yeah. So July 17th, 1924 is when she died. How old was she? Uh, I don't think I looked that one up. Give me that name again. Isabella Stewart Gardner. Oh, wow. She did live a Mm -hmm. long time. She was 84. Oh, damn. 1840 to 1924. That's a good amount of time. Like oh, most people don't live that long. So listen, I, she obviously felt like she had something to live for. This fucking this, museum, and, which she lived in until she died. Yeah, but this was her baby. I mean, I get it, but come on, she well, never remarried. No, is it was it? No, they didn't say anything about that. No, she was just all about this museum. There's actually she now was not interested in a D. No, I guess not. That's it. Yeah. But, I mean, her and her husband seem to actually love each other if they, like, traveled around the world together collecting all these, you know, art pieces. Like, yeah, I guess. They, the museum has, like, over 15,000 objects in it now. Is it, are they still the same objects or just collective objects that people have added? Oh, no. This is hers. Like, she oh, actually, okay. um, I talk about it a little later, but in her will, she gives the museum to the city of Boston uh-huh. to have it as, like, a... Um, an institute of something, an art wow. institute or something. Yeah, but in the will, it states that she she wants everything in the gallery kept as is, the way she put it. Kind of like an Elvis thing going on? Yeah, like everything has to stay the same. Look, but don't touch. Mm-hmm. I mean, what happens? What do you think will happen? Like a massive curse will break out? <laughs> Fucking accidentally. I know. She, like, comes back from the dead and right. haunts all of you. Right, exactly. Like, what, what would happen? What <laughs> How do we know? How would she know that they still kept it the same as when she was alive? Izzy's watching. Think so? That's why she lived up there, so she could Stop. die up there, so she could hunt the place. Stop <laughs> I think you made me right. I know. That's exactly what happened. I I do admit I, I kind of like that theory. Yeah. I think kind of spooky, but I dig it. I feel like that's what's happening. Do you think... is So, okay, maybe we're getting... Maybe I'm getting ahead of myself here, but... Can you see the apartment? Was a was the apartment part of the deal with the with the will? No, I think it was strictly the museum. The apartment was just whatever. But her her apartment being in the building, it you know, I'm sure they got rid of it. Really? Yeah. Is it like a storage closet now? Maybe. Or I wonder how big this apartment was. It had to be big because this bitch had money. No, no, but it. Listen, if she spent most of her time obsessing over these three floors and fifteen hundred or fifteen thousand, whatever, same thing. Mm-hmm pieces like how how much do you really think she cared about her living quarters i mean so she grew up rich oh she did yeah so her money is old money like she she got buku money they stole 13 pieces uh 13 objects out of the museum and it's worth over 500 million dollars oh fuck only 13 she's got another fourteen thousand blah 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 blahs oh yeah like this bitch money that is that's impressive. Guys, we can't do math on command, okay? So don't. Yeah, no. Don't judge us. I'm only kind of Asian. <laughs> <laughs> the computer does most of, most of my math. <laughs> so, Isabella was an American philanthropist and art collector. She came from a wealthy family, mm. and she left New York to finish her education in France. Oh. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. You know she had money. Yeah, Bitch. She- I'm in New York right now. I ain't never seen France. I barely see Canada. <laughs> you don't want me to, Lady Love. <laughs> We're like three hours away from Toronto, and I have yet to go. Listen, when they open up the border. We definitely got to go, Lady Love. Toronto yeah. is the tip Oh, man. I can't wait. 
Mm-hmm. I can't wait for. Oh, you know what? I'm not even gonna talk about it. It's just, it's just very saddening. <laughs> There's just nowhere to go. I know. You know the Rona times. I thought it would be over by now. It's just very frustrating. You know, I thought it would be over by now, too. I get it. I get that there's a second wave, but also, really, it's cold and flu season. I know. This is going to happen. People are going to get sick. Exactly. You sneeze now, and people look at you like you got a plague. <laughs> I've, it's so true. Like, <laughs> you cannot sneeze at an, at an inopportune time. Somebody will judge you and be like, oh, my God, oh, my God. I swear one day I feel like I'm going to sneeze in Weggies or something and then like an old man is just going to like mace me in the eyes with Lysol. (laughs) You better not do it at this Wegmans. They will Lysol the fuck out of you and Karen you. I know. While doing it. How could you sneeze in this store? You are spreading germs. (laughs) Think of the welfare of others. Oh God. (laughs) Sorry man. Please stop. If you got away from me you wouldn't be within my germ path. (laughs) So, her interest in... Ugh. Oh, wait. You said she went from New York to France to yeah. study. What'd she study? Art? Do we say? She was just a... Yeah, so she was just, like, an art person. Like, okay. that's all she studied all was right. art and collecting it. Uh. Oh, God. Oh, pardon me. So, her interest started when she was collecting um, early editions of Dante's work. Mm-hmm. and other rare books and manuscripts. So I guess I'm not really that all, all that great at history, so I looked up who Dante is. <laughs> Isn't he? Uh... Dante Alighieri, uh-huh. born May 21st, died June 20th, 1265. 1265? Oh, wait, no. Sorry, he was born June 20th, possibly between May 21st and June 20th, 1265, and died... September, either 13th or 14th in 1321. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So he was an Italian poet, prose writer, literary theorist, moral philosopher, and political thinker, best known for his monumental poem, La Comedia, later named La Divina Comedia. Never heard of it. The Divine Comedy. I found that on Britannica.com. Um, I don't... I feel like I may have possibly studied this in my, like, theater history class, but I don't really remember. <laughs> I feel all that I know is that they used him for one of the Ninja Turtles. Isn't Dante one of them? Donatello. Donatello. Yeah. <laughs> well, Dante. Oh, I'm thinking of, like, clerks. Yeah. Oh, never mind. Never mind. Never heard of that person. Okay. Yeah. So, well, his works are super old and super expensive. Okay. So that's where she started with collecting stuff. Because her art, like, in her museum wasn't just art. It was, like, furniture, tapestries. Oh. The whole nine. Anything you can call art, she had it. Okay. That's kind of nice. I'd be interested to see her, her collection. Well, it's in Boston. Mm. And they actually, like, if you look at pictures and stuff, they still have the frames and everything up where the stolen objects were supposed to be. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's pretty dramatic. They're just empty frames. Yeah. That's that's very dramatic. Okay, but I'll I know. Super it. ghostly. Like, right. <laughs> it's got, like, the... You can see, like, on the Dark, pictures, the... shadow behind yeah. it. It's all dirty. There's no light shining on it. Spiders crawling around right, the frame. Right, right. Yeah. The whole thing. No. Oh, man. So the Gardner Museum's collection is priceless and eclectic, mm. housing over 15,000 pieces of art with... 
everything that you can imagine, including tapestries, sculptures, rare books, decorative arts, European paintings by Ralph and Peter Paul Rubens, and contemporary American art by James McNeil Whistler hmm. and John Singer Sargent, which I also found that on Britannica.com. So this bitch had everything. Mm-hmm. Like she was not afraid to spend her monies on the aughts. And that is what she did. It sounds like she had money to spend, though. Oh, she did. She was, like, old money, philanthropist, like, the whole nine. Doing what she wants. Mm-hmm. No fucks given. Exactly. So, I mean, I can see why she didn't need no mains. Like, she had... Right. I mean... She yeah. had hers. Right. Right. So, when Isabella Gardner died, she stated in her will that the Gardner Museum was to be given to the Boston or given to Boston as a public institution. Mm-hmm. However, nothing inside the building was allowed to be moved. She wanted her collection to be maintained exactly the way she had it since she opened the doors in 1903. That's fair. Yeah. So the, they actually had to get permission from a judge to be able to, like, make some modifications to the building itself. Because really? they wanted to add, like, you know, a cafe and a gift shop and, you know, all that shit. Oh. Yeah. So they did let them do that. But... The museum itself, like the galleries, are exactly the way she put them. Oh, that's really nice. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they built, like, in addition to the building for the cafes. Yeah, that's what they did. They did an addition. Mm-hmm. Okay, I was going to say, I hope they didn't modify anything inside. Oh, no, they just... Oh, yeah. No, then she definitely would have came out of that, her attic apartment and haunted the <laughs> shit out of everybody. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ain't no cafe up in this bitch. It was not part of my will. I know. George is drinking his coffee and it just like hits him in yeah, the face. Yeah, <laughs> listen, that old bitch could. She sounds like she could be vengeful. Oh, she sounds. I don't know. I mean, I she, feel like she's like a stern mother. A stern mother. I say what you want. I feel like she was still a little fucking kooky. Yeah, no, definitely for sure. But I guess if you're gonna be dedicated to one thing, it's good to Let be. It be a museum. Yeah. I mean, her museum, like, her art, she has some of the most important and influential, like, art pieces in the world. Like, she's got Michelangelo's art in her fucking museum. Yeah. Yeah, the fingers. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Uh Uh-huh. Wait, I thought that was a ceiling. Like, what's you? Well, no, that's not that exact, but I'm saying the artist that painted the... (laughs) I'm sorry. I think I'm fucking intoxicated from, like, cleaning or something. (laughs) I don't know why I <laughs> maybe because I disassociate the painting, you know, yeah. with him. But never mind. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Blonde moment. So, uh, the t- caretakers. <laughs> That's funny as fuck. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me. <laughs> it's just one of those days I'd love. Oh, oh god! All right, I'm sorry. Let's so, keep going. <laughs> the caretakers. Of this institution, intended to keep her last wishes, but on March 18th, 1990, the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum was the victim of what remains as the largest private property heist in American history. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> in the 90s? 1990s? Yep. March 18th, 1990. Man. So, the thieves only stole 13 pieces of art, but they valued over $500 million combined. That is some money. Mm-hmm. I'm saying, I wish I just had $1 million. Yeah. Like, <laughs> 13 pieces? Yeah. How many people were part of, do, do, do we know how many people were part of the heist? Two. Two people? Two people. It, it was an inside job. That's what I'm calling it. Okay. Inside job. Well, we do have some theories after this because this is still unsolved. <gasps> 
Yes. Oh my god, we have theories. We have theories. Oh my god, I love it. Yeah, let's keep, let's keep okay. going. Let's go, let's go. So, at the time of the heist, the museum was in the middle of updating their shitty security. It just so happens. No. Yeah. So, in the time of that this heist happened, mm-hmm. the only way to actually trigger the police in knowing that anything was happening at the museum mm-hmm. was for the panic button at the security desk to be pressed. Because, okay. like, they had an alarm system inside of the building, mm-hmm. but it didn't actually, like, alert the authorities at all. Wait, what? So they had, like, like it made a noise just to scare people, but that's it. Oh, it was, like, I don't know, fucking f- scare the burglar way. Yeah, so it was, like, if you got too close to the paintings, it would go, wah, 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 wah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Stop. Well, I guess that they had... That's kind of their fault, though, because they had a security... In 1990, it didn't alert... Yeah, well, because... On the outside? Yeah, well, because they didn't... They didn't even have cameras inside the museum they'd love. They had motion detection. Oh, really? Yeah, like, they were super outdated. How spoiled are we by technology that it's like, what do you mean they didn't have a camera? I know. You can have a fucking camera on your doorbell. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I'm just, like, mind blown, but, you know, I, 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 I'm sorry. I'll, I'll be considerate. I, <laughs> well, I guess that makes sense. It's kind of it their makes fault. You think of, like, the ones at the at the outbreak. Yeah. You know, where you get too close, it beep, and you're just like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. Yeah. And you take a step back, but, like... No one does anything, so you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, because they kind of figure it. Like, there's certain alarms that, but. Okay. Man, it was. Shitty, poor, poor. Well, it was. Security system. Yeah, poor security system. And they had a security expert come in and tell them, like, hey, you need to get a new system. Like, this kind of sucks. And they, like, put it off for a while. Oh. So then they just so happened to be, you know, being that, in the process of. That, that. That's just asking to be robbed, late love. Exactly. You got how many millions of billions of dollars in this fucking museum? You, and you're putting it off? You? I bet. I bet whoever put it off had something to do with it. That's my theory right there. Oh. <laughs> I know. That's who did it. Georgia Purchasing did it. I mean, I mean, why would you put it off? If you have, like, all that, like, why would you put it off? Yeah. That's I- a lot of... I mean, I guess it was probably because they was worried about spending that bread on updating the system. But, like, bro, collateral damage here. Like, I'm exactly. sure it would have cost way less than $500 million to put a new And if 13 pieces were $5 million? $500 million. $500 million. $500 million. Yes. Holy shit. Can you imagine the rest of her collection? Oh, th- that's why they actually, um, they say that they believe the thieves are not even like they don't know anything about art they think they were just like sent in to grab some things because they didn't even take like the most expensive pieces oh yeah wow mm-hmm. they did take some expensive stuff but it, 500 million yeah very expensive very expensive okay two people mm-hmm two people all right so on um, break it down for me because I'm just mind blown now. <laughs> on March eighteenth, nineteen ninety, two inexperienced, quote unquote. Yeah, so when I yeah, when I say inexperienced, it says they never had any like formal security training. So Josh off the street. Yeah. So two inexperienced security guards showed up for their overnight shifts at the Isabella Stewart, Stewart Gardner Museum. Richard E. Abbott and Rick for short. 
or Rick for short, and Randy Hestend, both young in their mid-20s with no formal training. So Rick is a self-proclaimed hippie guy who wasn't hurting anything. That's a that's a direct quote. I kind of figured by by the statement. <laughs> Uh, all right. He was a music school dropout and part of a rock band. Clear winner at life. <laughs> um, Almost as much of a winner as a gym owner. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he played music during the day and worked as the museum's security overnight. And Randy was a New England conservatory student who spent his free time playing his trombone. So they have music in common. Yeah. Except okay. one's like Urkel and the other one is like, what's his face from the breakfast club? <laughs> you know, the leather. Character. The guy that wears the leather. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. I want to say Judd Apatow, but it's not that Judd. That, that, that one guy that wears the plaid and the leather. You'll figure it out. Goog it. Watch the movie. Goog it. I know. <laughs> so... Rick was definitely more of a lax employee, and he admitted to coming to work drunk or stoned sometimes after a performance. He's quoted as saying, I'd be just getting off of the stage somewhere and just wanted to slow down before I went over to the most boring job in the world. To which I put, me too, bro. Me too. (laughs) I feel you. (laughs) I mean, it would have to suck to work overnights in a museum. Like, you can't even talk to nobody. I'd be mad paranoid. Lady love. That sounds all like personal choices. Mm-hmm. No, you don't have to work overnight at a museum. You want to work overnight at a museum. Yeah. Because you want to be able to play with your little rock band during the day. Mm-hmm. So. This is very true. You this know, is very true. You know, people make choices. I'm just saying. I know. Well, Ricky over here explains uh, that even though he does do that from time to time. He was definitely sober as a nun the night of the robbery. Oh, really? Yeah, he just so happens to be sober. He used to come drunk or high Listen, from time to time, but this night, Lady Love, and it shit together. And this was literally the night of St. Patrick's Day. Now, St. Oh, Patrick's Day in Boston? Oh, my God. You think those motherfuckers don't? Oh, my God. What? You think he was sober? All right. <laughs> I wouldn't be sober. What? That's very true. That's very true. I mean, but thank God for uh, freedom of speech and people being able to give their own. <laughs> I know. I can say what I want. Situations. Yeah. Because I'm sure he was very, very, very sober that night. Oh, yes. We'll super sober. So on Bloomberg.com, they describe Rick as he had a scuffy beard long brown hair that fell in a mess of weird ale ringlets. Ringlets? Oh. Weird Al Yankovic hair, which I looked it up and he really does look like Weird Al, like with the head. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. And he showed up to work that night wearing bright red pants and a tie-dye t-shirt under his security shirt that was unbuttoned. Oh, I love the tie-dye. I know. Oh, my God. I'm just like... tie-dyed. I wish he just had like a headband on to complete the look. <laughs> like a leather braided headband going around. <laughs> well, he is a self-proclaimed hippie that, you know, wouldn't harm a fly or whatever the fuck he said. Yeah. I mean, whatever. Sure. Wax on, wax off, Daniel son. Sure. <laughs> sure, buddy, sure. Yeah. 
So both of the men started their shifts at 11.30 p.m. Uh, they each took turns making rounds. So one of them would patrol the empty galleries while the other one sat at the desk. Okay. And then the person at the desk would just watch the security cameras outside. Because that's the only cameras they had is, like, the employee entrance. Okay. And around 12 o'clock, they noticed that a Dodge Daytona pulled up to the side entrance of the Gardner Museum. It was like a red hatchback. Okay. I thought maybe a van, but no. No, hatchback. Okay. But, like, it, I mean, it was just sitting there. So, unfortunately, like I had said, there were only cameras outside of the doors, nothing on the inside, and all they had were motion detectors that recorded people's movements. Mm-hmm. And so, while Rick was doing his rounds, a fire alarm went off on, it's either the third or the fourth floor, I want to say the third floor most likely because the third floor would be the last floor in the museum itself because mm-hmm. the fourth was supposed to be her apartment. Okay. Um, but depending on the website, it differs. But an alarm went off on the third floor, fourth floor, whatever. And this was around 12.54 in the morning. And when Rick went to go check the area, he didn't find anything. And and at about 1 a.m., he finished his round and met Randy up Mm -hmm. so that then they could switch off. Okay. And then Randy left to go start his rounds. At 1.24 in the morning, Randy was still doing his, you know, lap around. And Rick was just chillaxing at the desk when two men dressed as Boston police officers approached the employee entrance where Rick was stationed. And they hit the buzzer and said they were responding to a disturbance call and demanded to be let into the building. Demanded? Yes. They were like, we have a disturbance call. You know, we need to be let in. We need to talk to you. Oof. So Rick Abbott says, I could see that they had hats, coats, and badges, so I buzzed them in. And he also said he wanted to avoid getting arrested because he had tickets to a Grateful Dead show that night and didn't want to miss it. (laughs) He's a deadhead. Oh, yeah. Can't can't say blame me, bro. I and get you, it. You're a deadhead and you're sober at work? Are we going to pretend that this is a real thing? <laughs> we'll just keep going with it. I know. Everybody, sure. Okay, Rick. But anyways, <laughs> because it was the night of St. Patrick's Day, a d- disturbance call didn't seem, like, too far-fetched for him. And they said that they needed to talk to them. It, like, it was actually against the policy of the museum to let anyone into it after hours. Mm. Even like the popo? Yeah, even the popo. Like it says, really? yeah, it's stated in there, no unauthorized personnel into the building, even police. Wow. Yeah. But Rick says he didn't know that that was a rule. I feel like that's a pretty important rule to enforce with your security team. I know. But is it not? I feel like it is. Like I, I and I would think right. that's kind of also common sense. Like, hey, don't let anybody in. Right. Because this entire time, I can't kind of help but think that their security. If any would have, if anyone would have alarmed the police of anything, it would have been either one of those fucking idiots. But yeah. Well, poor Randy. Yeah, here we are. <laughs> poor Randy just got thrown into the mix. Like they don't even. <laughs> In all the research I did, it took me forever to even actually find Randy's name. That's how, like, much really? they didn't think he was part of this. Yeah. Like, he had nothing to do with it. He was just doing his actual job, and Rick oh. kind of fucked up. Oh, so... Wait. So it's just one person's fault? Yeah. Really? Yeah. 
I mean, I guess so. I wouldn't want to be blamed either. I was just walking around like. Yeah, exactly. Like he was doing what he was supposed to do. the area, you know what I mean? But. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. So when the cops, quote unquote, were inside, they told Rick that they had received reports of a disturbance and needed to ask both of the security guards some questions. So Rick radioed for Randy and asked him to come to the desk. Mm -hmm. And that's when shit hit hit the fan. Mm. One of the officers told Rick, you look familiar. I think we have a default warrant out on you. Come out here and show us some identification. Mm. So when he stepped out from behind the desk, they made him stand against the wall which took him away from the panic button. And the button was the only way to alert the authorities of any problem. Oh, gosh. Then they cuffed him. And at first he thought it was real because he had gotten into some trouble in the past. Uh But he thought it was just like a misunderstanding and they had the wrong guy. Yeah. And he thought it was weird, though, that they had never patted him down, which made him think that this might be a robbery. But he still wasn't sure. And poor Randy walks in while this whole fiasco is, like, playing out. Oh, no. And he's just, like, jaw-dropped to the floor. He says to the officers, wow, what's going on? What did Rick do? Yeah, yeah. And the officers immediately grab Randy and put him in cuffs. Oh, fuck. Yeah. And when this happens, Rick notices that one of the cops is wearing a fake mustache. (gasps) Oh, no. (laughs) And Randy asks why he's being arrested, and the guy dressed as a cop responds, you're not being arrested. This is a robbery. Don't give us any problems and you won't get hurt. Do you want to know what Randy responds? Tell me. Please. Please tell me. (laughs) Well, Randy's not about these problems, and he says, don't worry. They don't pay me enough to get hurt. (laughs) I love it. The epitome of they don't pay me enough for this bullshit. Exactly. Oh my god, Randy, bro. I feel you, bro. I understand because I would have done the same shit. That is so funny. Yeah, I know. Is that a direct quote? That's a direct quote. <laughs> I love it. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Man, Randy was like itching his way out of this. Yeah, like, like he he's just not part of it. He's like, I'm not about this. Yep, like, yeah. Don't he's, even think about me. You know what, dude? I don't care. Yeah. Take whatever you want. He's like the stepkid that gives no shits. Like, yeah. Oh, mom and dad are fighting. That's fine. I'm going to go into my attic bedroom. Bye. Oh, man. <laughs> All right, Randy. Good so, for you. Good for you. Uh, the nickname that I came up for the thieves is the Klepto Cunts. Klepto Cunts. <laughs> I felt like it was appropriate. That's awesome. So the undercover Klepto Cunts put duct tape all around their heads only leaving a hole for them to breathe uh-huh. and led them down into the basement of the museum. Uh-huh. They handcuffed Randy to a limestone sink oh. and left Rick slumped on a concrete ledge with both of their hands and feet also duct taped. Fuck. Like, and if you look at these pictures, Lady Love, it's like retarded. Like, they didn't even give a fuck about their hair. Like, they duct taped their heads. And Rick over here with that weird owl hair, oh, like, no. you know he had to cut that shit off or he ripped it and it just like... You know what? I wondered, like, with the, with a lot of sweat, though, you could probably can't. Don't you think that glue would get like slippery off the skin, and you'd be able to like? Oh no! Not with duct tape. Not with duct tape. No. Oh man, that fucking sucks. You think you have to shave it? Oh, I hope he did. Oh no. <laughs> I mean, the hair wasn't really working. Sorry, hate to break it to you. Oh no! <laughs> I'm sure it was like a thing with the time. I mean, you know, what I'm saying? Like, you well, know yeah, I maybe. can see it. <laughs> 
So because there are motion detectors, we know that the kleptokunts made their way up to the Dutch room first. Mm -hmm. And this is a gallery that's on the second floor. And it had some of the museum's most valuable artwork in it. Okay. So they took a landscape by Govert Flink. Mm -hmm. Flink. Is a Flink a painting? Uh, no, that's the name of the guy. Oh, fuck. Govert Flink. Okay, sorry. <laughs> and three of the four Rembrandts on the wall, which they tried to take the fourth one, but it was too hard to get, so they just left it. Oh. Mm-hmm. The Rembrandts that they cut out of their frames are the storm on the Sea of Galilee. Gil I'm fucking this up. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> a lady and gentleman in black. Um, they also took one of the only Vermeer paintings known to even exist. There's only like 36 in the world or something of this guy's paintings. And they took his The Concert. And the Govert Flink's painting that they took mm -hmm. was landscape with ob obelisk. So because there was no way for them to get caught, mm -hmm. knowing that the panic button was downstairs and there was no one there to hit it, the kleptokunts took their sweet-ass time. Oh, really? This is one of the longest heists in history. How long did it last? 81 minutes. 81 minutes? Mm-hmm. So over oh, an yeah. hour, yeah. A little under an hour and a half? Mm-hmm. An hour and 21 minutes. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. These motherfuckers didn't hit the panic button in an hour and 21 minutes? They were tied oh, up in the basement right. and handcuffed. Right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so there was no way. They they just did whatever the fuck they wanted. Some of these, these paintings are so nice. Oh, yeah. No, they're like... It's super important to our history. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I'm like, uh, what was the one that oh, there's only like 36 in the world? What's that guy's name? Oh, Vermeer's. V-E-R-M-E-E-R-S. What was the painting? The Concert. So they took the paintings off the wall, mm -hmm. cut them from their frames, and even cut two of the Rembrandt canvases from their stretchers. Mm. The thieves left a huge mess in the gallery, and they smashed the frames and and the art from them. Yeah. Like, they didn't give a fuck. Like, they straight cut these things out of the frames. Wow. Mm-hmm. Because if they would have been doing, like, a normal heist, which only takes, like, five to ten minutes, uh -huh. they would have just tried to rip it off the wall, which all they would have taken was the frame. Yeah. Because, like, these artworks are, like, in there for a reason. Yeah. Yeah, no, they didn't give a fuck. They just snip-snipped. On, like, important historical artwork. Oh, my God. The painting, the one for the guy mm -hmm. at the concert, it was created in 1664. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, like, these wow. artworks are supposed to be in, like, controlled environments and everything so that they don't, you know, yeah, deteriorate. It's an, it's an oil painting. Mm-hmm. It's an oil painting from 1664. You know? Mm-hmm. Who has it? Exactly. I want to know. Tell me now. <laughs> Where are you? It's been unsolved for 31 years, they love. Just no let me knows. see what it looks like, please. I know. I just want to see. Right? Like, oh, this is the guy who did the girl with the earl. The girl. Burp, burp. Here we go. <laughs> Let's back it up a little bit. Girl with a pearl earring. Oh, fancy. Uh, did you watch that movie, Lululu? No. It's with uh, Scarlett Johansson. She played the girl. Okay. In the... In the yeah, I can see it. She's yeah. elegant. I like it. Yeah, it's very, it's very nice. It's very nice. Wow, I can't believe that. Mm-hmm. 
And they just straight just. Yeah. So they were like. No fucks given. No fucks given. Wow. And so the two men separated. And one of them went uh, to go into the room next door. And the other one had stayed in the first room that they were in for several minutes. Pulling a Shang Dynasty goo or vase off of its heavy ass metal anchor. And the other one in the next room took five sketches and watercolors that were painted by Edgar Degas. They even tried to take a silk flag that had belonged to Napoleon's Imperial Guard. Oh, wow. But they couldn't get it unscrewed from the wall. So instead, they took the 10-inch bronze eagle finial off the top of the flagpole. What the fuck? Yeah, so they ripped the eagle off the top of the flagpole. This is ass motherfucking... I know. Heist, bitches, no what? Yeah, they couldn't get it unscrewed from the wall. And I'm like, <laughs> what did... All I'm picturing is, like, he couldn't get it off, so he got mad, and he just took right. the top piece and was exactly like, fuck your flag. Yes, exactly <laughs> what came to my mind. Because I'm just like, wait, wait, what? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's... Oh, my God, these water paintings. So, they also ended up taking a Manet's Shea Tortoni painting... And that one was actually somehow stolen from the downstairs mm-hmm. without the motion detectors recording it. And, like, mm-hmm. the the last thing that – or the last person actually recorded inside of that room was Rick Abbott, the oh, security guard. Really? Yeah. Oh, Ricky Rick. Dun, dun, dun. No wonder he got fucking blamed for it. Mm-hmm. He was the last one on camera. Yeah. Come on, Ricky. So – Whoever the thieves were, uh-huh. they actually left Manet's paintings frame at the security desk. That's just rude. Yeah. So, it, but it was like it was something kind of stupid because they didn't actually have to do that mm-hmm. because the Manet painting was very small. It was only like a ten by thirteen or something like that. Mm. So they could have just left it in the frame. Yeah. So that was just kind of like a weird thing that they don't understand. And during the heist, like the alarms started to go off in the building. You know, the ones just to scare people. Um, but obviously it wasn't linked to any authorities. So the kleptocunts found where the alarm box was and smashed it. Oh. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. Oh, damn. Yeah. Well, I mean, what? why go through that extent? They already fucking tied up to the security guards and left them in the basement. Well, I mean, I'm sure you don't want to listen. The was fucking shitty anyways. Whoops. <laughs> I know. Smash the fucking box too? Damn, bro. I mean, come on. You know how annoying, like, an alarm clock sounds? Can you imagine having to listen to a security alarm go off for 81 minutes? I I mean, I guess. You know what? No, you're right. Because at work, I can't think when there's noise. When there's noise, oh. Yeah. Like, it just, like, disturbs my concentration. Exactly. I mean, I get it, but they were fucking messy. They were sloppy. They took a while. Like, 81 minutes? And they, you guys did a shitty job? Because I feel like most of these paintings probably could have been taken with the frame. Yeah. Like, well, not be that person, but maybe. No, they were, like, large. Oh, they were really big paintings. Yeah, so some of them were, like, as big as your tapestries are kind oh. of thing. Like, they were large paintings, yeah. So so they were probably heavy frames. So cutting them out would have been the only way. Yeah. Why did they have to be so destructive? Because they're douches and don't know how to take care of art. Like, they could have destroyed so much stuff. Like, I'm sure those paintings are fucked up. Because they rolled them up, too, I would guess. Mm-hmm, because yeah. they're canvas. Yeah, yeah. And, right. like, over time, 
if the paint the is the one was from 1664 i'm sure i'm sure some of it was like dried and crust like you know crunchy yeah exactly so i'm sure they dark. fucked it up oh that's so sad mm-hmm. poor artwork i know it's so terrible and it's worth so much money i still want to know who has it come on that's up i know that's up they still have no idea. It's 31, been 31 years. years. I mean, at this point, nobody fucking cares, I'm sure. Well, almost 31, but. Out of out of just pure intrigue. Mm hmm. Who got them? I want to know. These dummies obviously didn't know. Mm mm. Well, they think that the, the crime itself was actually originally taken place just <laughs> by some petty ass criminals that just so happened to outsmart the security guy. Just like. Regular, yeah, just like regular ass douchebags. So they they probably under they probably generally undersold the painting. Probably, yeah. I mean, there are black market pricings for like paintings and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so they probably the people who initially probably stole the paintings didn't even make that much money off of it. Probably not. They probably wow. made a couple thousand, not anywhere near to what like it's actually worth. Oh yeah, like come on. You really think these little fucking hood boogers knew anything about what they were even taking? <laughs> I mean, yeah, that makes a good point. I guess, I don't know, I, did, I just constantly thinking about how much it was worth. I never thought about it like that, but mm-hmm. all right. Okay. I mean, it's like black market kidneys. Aren't those like 10 grand or something? Are they? I think so. Yeah. I feel like black market body parts are not as expensive as like the actual cost of one when you get the surgery and all that. Oh, oh, for sure. Like, the cost of medical bills for, like, uh, uh, an organ transplant, easily way more than 10 grand. Oh, yeah. What the fuck are you going to do with the kidney? Like, do you know some backdoor surgeon that, like... Probably. ...will transplant a kidney? You think so? I would think so. Like, really? Yeah. Available through, like, a black market type of... Oh, yeah, organ? come on. You know there's got to be fucking... Oh, God, they love... There was this one, there was this one movie that I watched called... Um, Unfriended, mm-hmm. and it was like black web. What is it called? Dark web. Fucking yeah, dark, the dark video web video shit that you can buy, things that you can pay for. You know, and yeah, was, imagine, imagine. I watched it in the movies. It was probably a very mild picture of what you can get, and mm-hmm. it fucking creeped me out. I can't imagine what you can. Oh, you can find anything on the black market. Lady love the dark web is crazy. I mean, have you ever seen that episode of Always Sunny in Philadelphia? When they're like, no. he buys like a bazooka or something off the dark, mar- the dark net. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> what the fuck? I mean, if you could buy a bazooka off the internet, would you do it? No, <laughs> I wouldn't either. But I mean, I guess people do. <laughs> like, I mean, and who does that? People, zombie apocalypse believers. A bazooka? <laughs> That's gonna be what good for a one-time use, and then what? Uh, and then you spend all that money for a fucking bazooka and you're still gonna die yeah (laughs) i guess (laughs) jesus so based on the motion detectors the kleptocons spent 34 minutes in the galleries hung around the museum for a bit and then at 2 28 a.m they checked to make sure that rick and randy were still all taped up which they were poor guys um they then went to the security office and destroyed all of the security tapes oh. of their movements. Yep. Um, the cameras had been recording the front door in the parking lot and the security desk. And witnesses claimed to have seen the thieves actually sitting in a red hatchback, which was the Dodge. 
Oh, man. Um, and then 13 minutes later, they made two trips out to their car with all of the artwork. <laughs> two trips, they love. Two. I don't even take two trips to bring my fucking groceries in. Neither do I. And they're fucking stealing art and taking two trips? Right. I will let the bag cut off the circulation to the rest of my body. <laughs> I do not care, but I am not going back down. <laughs> and these motherfuckers... <laughs> are committing, like, grand larceny, and they're taking two trips. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, how? How? Like, the dumbest people, like, to ever, ever, ever. Wow, bro. What happens if you get caught on the second way out? Like, for real? Two trips? You couldn't You couldn't muscle through that one? Sh- sure. Sure, buddy. Sure. Two Two trips of just rolled up canvas. Yep. I mean, they did take a base. I mean, I'm sure they took some things that were heavy, but I, I think they would be, like, mildly heavy. Because I can't imagine that these two were in, like, great shape. Obviously, their brains weren't there. You know what I mean? Rick says that the only thing that he remembers about one of the guys, because he's, like, asked to give a description of what they look like. Uh-huh. And he says one of them looked like Colonel Kirk on Hogan's Heroes. Who the fuck? Colonel Kirk on Hogan's Heroes. I've never heard of this. I don't know. But, I mean, I guess we're... Is something before our time? It's definitely something before our time, because I have no idea what the fuck he's talking about. Kirk? Wait, say it again. Colonel Kirk? Colonel. From where? Hogan's Heroes? I've never heard of it. But 13 minutes later, after they made their, you know, two trips (laughs) with the art, at 2.45, they finally left, and Rick and Randy were stuck there, bound until about 8.15 in the morning the next day when the police arrived to investigate after the day guards couldn't get into the building. (laughs) Did you find it? I don't know. it. When I looked it up, it was like a skinny, middle-aged white guy. Yeah, the the guy with the not the not the chubby one, the other one. The one with the glasses. Yeah. This guy. Yeah, that guy. He said one of them looked like that. I think he's wearing a monocle. <laughs> he looks like this guy? Yeah. I know. Okay. He looks like the Monopoly guy without a without a stash. Absolutely. And he's fucking wearing the monocle. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> sure, your world, buddy. I know. So Although the cunts didn't wear gloves, uh, or did wear gloves, sorry, they didn't wear any masks. So when sketch artists made the drawing, Rick said that the sketches were awful and that he couldn't really recall what they looked like. And then, you know, a year later is when he said that they, that he looked like, oh no, sorry, Colonel Clink, not Kirk. Colonel Clink on Hogan's Heroes, yeah. And the FBI was called in when the cops realized that it was, you know, $500 million in art that had been stolen. Uh-huh. Um, statements were given. The damage and numbers of stolen items was assessed. And originally, they believed that it was 12 pieces of art that were taken from uh-huh. the upstairs galleries. And then they had found that there was one taken from the blue room in the downstairs, which was the Monet. Oh, okay. And the stolen Monet had confused the investigators because the motion sensors never recorded the kleptocunts entering that room and it was only a 10 by 13 so there was no reason for them to take it out of the frame yeah they were also confused on why they hadn't taken the titian um and the name of it is rape of europa 
because it's one of the most expensive pieces of art or actually it is the most expensive piece of art that the museum has and it's called one of the most important examples of renaissance art in history so in april 1994 the museum received an anonymous letter from someone who claims to know the location of the art well here 1994 so four years later. later And the author seemed to know a lot about the art world and the stolen works specifically. The person claimed that the prices were, or sorry, the pieces were being kept safe in a controlled environment, but that a buyer from another country could come and buy the art without knowing that it was stolen and claim legal ownership of it. Uh, ownership of it. I can talk. <laughs> really? Yeah. Even though it belongs to the museum? Mm-hmm. So if a person pays for it. They could say, I bought it, and that's fine. That you bought it from somebody who stole it. I know, but I mean... Okay. So, if they didn't ask, act fast and take him up on his offer, mm-hmm. which was he asked for $2.6 million to facilitate the return of the art. Okay. And, of course, the museum agreed to the terms, and they then received a second letter from the anonymous writer... And he was initially happy that they wanted to do business with him, but ended up bitching out because uh, he was worried about the authorities intervening and even asked if they were trying to arrest the quote unquote middleman on top of getting the art back and saying. Probably. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> how, uh, motherfucker, how'd you get the info? Who's you? Who's I know. You and how you know? <laughs> well, Tell me. Tell me. Well, he's he probably had- right, though. I mean, he probably was, but he was not about it. And he actually wrote in all caps, you cannot have both. <laughs> but he did say that even if they couldn't go through him with with the negotiations, uh-huh. um, that he would still give them some clues as to where the stolen art is. But unfortunately, they had never heard from the anonymous writer again after Aww. that. Yeah. Scared him away. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it was a person, like, pretending to know stuff. You think so? Yeah. I feel like a person just, like, wrote in and didn't think that they were actually going to agree to his terms. And when they were like, yeah, fuck yeah. He was like, oh, shit, oh, shit. I don't really know anything. Oh, shit. I've been I've been found out. I've been found out. <laughs> really? You think so? I feel like it. I mean, come on. You're going to write in anonymously to try to, like, blackmail some people into giving you shit. And then... One of those copy... Like, one of those copycat... Uh, crime people where they're like they they not copycat but like people that like try to admit to being the zodiac killer oh yeah like that like you mm-hmm. think it was one of those cases for this guy i think he just wanted to like be involved in the case and what a loser i know fucking lame man i thought we'd get a little closer to where the art actually was oh no they didn't get I anything still curious oh i am curious too like love there is no like for sure answer so the art by Titian and Michelangelo is the most valued in the museum, and the kleptocons leaving them untouched had led the investigators to believe that the people responsible didn't know much about it, art at all. They think okay. they were just sent in to get, you know, stuff. But that's basically all we know for sure, because after almost 31 years, the case is still unsolved, and none of the art has been recovered. Not one piece. Man. <laughs> and actually, the statute of limitations on this case is up. So really, yeah, it's it was up after like five years, I think, or something. Oh, so re- so they really don't care. Like, honestly, where are you? Well, investigators in the FBI are still actually act- actively searching really? because they want to find the artwork. They don't really give a shit anymore. Like, exactly. 
if it does happen, they can't actually get arrested anymore for the crime itself. They can get arrested for other things. Okay. But, like, not the actual stealing of it. That's what I figured. Like, who who fucking cares? Mm -hmm. Where is it? Where did it go? (laughs) Tell us. They want to know. The museum is actually offering $10 million <gasps> for anyone who can help them facilitate the return of the items. Granted, in good million. condition, though. In good condition. Mm-hmm. Oh, see, we're starting at $10 million. We're already losing, though. Yeah. When everything's worth $500 million. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, $10 million. Listen, if we start at $10 million and we start chipping off from the top mm-hmm. for the condition... That might not be the tits, lady love. I guess that's true. You know what and I'm saying? Yeah, I can see that. But, I mean, the $10 million is actually the highest offer so far. Before, it was started at $1 million, then it went to 5 and now I it's at 10 I don't care that deeply about it. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they're just trying to, like, lowball. But $10 oh, million is still kind of a lot. I guess. I mean, I, I guess. I mean, it's if you... Like s- I have t- I know. <laughs> I know why I'm talking. Like, I have $10 million I know. around. <laughs> Let me go get that $10 million in credit card debt that I have, actually. Oh, my God. Don't even talk about it. It hurts my soul. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to lay love. Goal is paying it off in six months. You can do this, lady love. I believe in you. Second job is coming up. Let's do it. Boop, boop. Boop, boop. Medical <laughs> workers need to get paid more. Oh, God. Yes, please. Lord. But whatever. Just fucking let us get Rona and just... I know, let us get Rona and die. Exactly. (laughs) So, the investigators in the FBI are still actively trying to find the artwork in the Mm -hmm. museum, offering the $10 million in good condition. However, there are three theories about what actually happened. What happened? So, the first theory is, according to BuzzFeed Unsolved, um, a man named Brian McDevitt is responsible for the heist. Bry Guy had committed a similar robbery in the 80s where he hijacked a FedEx truck and drugged the delivery guy with ether. Ether? Yeah. What does ether do? Does it is that the one that you put over the nose? No, that's um chloroform. Okay. Which one's ether? I feel like ether's like an old timey drug. Like I know Nas had that song Ether and it like fucking boom, dropped the bomb on Jay-Z. <laughs> I love it, Lady Love. It, like, oh wow, you had the drug. You, you fucking drug the FedEx. Dude? Yeah, he drug the FedEx guy. That's fucked up. I know. He took his uniform and like some duct tape with him. Oh my god, he left him naked. Yeah, drugged. No. Mm-hmm. Oh my poor, my the poor FedEx dude. Yeah, I feel for his soul. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, okay. All so right. after he stole the truck. He had planned to drive up there and tie up the employees that were working on the hide collection at a museum in Glen Falls, New York, which is not that far from here. Oh, I want to go to Glen Falls. They have Glen Falls. It's a little, like, mm-hmm. hiking place. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Get local, spooky. Mm-hmm. But karma's a bitch. Uh-oh. And <laughs> because they um they actually happened to get stuck in traffic... You know, when they were driving driving to the museum with the FedEx truck, uh-huh. they got stuck in traffic, and they ended up um, getting to the museum after it closed. Oh, And so they got arrested for attempted robbery, which they should have gotten arrested for a robbery, because you still robbed a FedEx truck, bro. For sure. And he drugged somebody and left them naked. Like, mm-hmm. that person's scarred. Like, who, 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 as a FedEx delivery truck? I don't think on. they're going to get robbed and drugged. And then they fucking leave you naked on top of that? I know. I'm picturing them, like, 
in one of those old movies where they like cold cock him with a gun or something. Doof. And I you know. just don't see it coming and it's like, oh God, I know. poor guy. Innocent, just out cold. Sitting in the corner with a wife beater and tidy whiteies on. Yes. Curled up in a ball. <laughs> that fruit of the looms. Is it, is it sad that that's exactly what I picked? <laughs> poor guy just naked, tied up. Or duct tape, duct tape. Yeah, duct tape. Apparently that was his vibe. That was his vibe there, duct tape. But I mean, if you get drugged with ether, I'm sure you're sleeping for a while. At least, I hope comfortably. Because damn. I don't, that's (laughs) fucked up. I hope he at least enjoyed the drug. (laughs) God. Right. So, he only served a few months in jail, and at the time of the Gardner heist, he only lived about a 10-minute drive away from the museum. And he was questioned in 1992 by the FBI Mm -hmm. and in front of a grand jury. But his lawyer maintains that his client knows nothing about the crime. That's right, attorney. I know. That's your job, boo. (laughs) I know. You keep that fucking criminal out of jail. Right, right. (laughs) They got to get paid a lot of money to do that. I'm sure. I'm sure of it, man. It takes a pretty penny. Because imagine you have to... Pay like what a retainer, so mm-hmm. that's what, like a deposit on your lawyer. Yeah, and then you probably pay them every time you have to go to court. Oh yeah, every time something's postponed, every time something's moved, like that is just fucking sucking money out of you. Oh yeah, and they have to like run that line of like not knowing anything because they can't lie on the stand. So lawyers have to stay in that like middle ground of quote unquote believing that their client is lie. innocent. No, you can't lie. You can't lie? No, you cannot lie. So if your client is guilty and they tell you that they're guilty, you can't really be their lawyer anymore because you're I trying to... I can't tell your attorney anything. You can tell your attorney anything, but the attorney themselves, like, are supposed to, like, live by a code where if you believe your client's guilty because we're supposed to be innocent till proven guilty, that you can't really be their lawyer. Really? Yeah, so, like, you can tell your lawyer whatever, but you just can't say that you actually did something if you want them to defend you because then they can't lie on the stand the whole point is to prove that they didn't do it and if you know they did it you're lying wow i thought that yeah i thought you'd be like listen my bad but let's get out of this yeah no that's not how that works really yeah no oh fuck mm-hmm. i thought it was like liar liar no no not at all it's not supposed to be like that like you're not supposed to lie I'm sure people do all the time, but you're not actually supposed to. Uh, clearly my favorite Jim Carrey movie. I know. You know, okay, all right, all right, you learn something new every day. That's, wow, I'm mind blown. Yeah, you can't. I really thought you could just be like, I don't know, I fucking murdered that baby. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I fucking did it. It was fucking crying all the time, I didn't know what else to do with it, like. No, you can't do that. No. No, you can tell your lawyer whatever you want. But they can't say anything about you, obviously, but they can rec- recuse themselves if they believe that you're, you know, if you're guilty. Mm-hmm. There are rules like love. I, I mean, I guess I just never thought about that. Mm-hmm. Because you can't lie on the stand. That's the whole point of the oath. Huh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good, good to know. <laughs> <laughs> so the second theory is that the heist was an inside job. <laughs> dun, Come on, dun, Come on, love. That's what I said. I know. I kind of thought the same thing. <laughs> I but mean, I, I was trying to hold it in the mystique, you know. <laughs> yeah, good job, good job. But I mean, like, come on, it's it reeks of a of a semi inside job. Oh no, it's definitely. It sounds like it, especially with the whole the last person recorded in the room was Rick, Ricardo. Mm-hmm. Ricky Deadhead. Come on, Ricky. What was going on? 
But you know what? It the motion. So this whole motion sensor thing and him being recorded, what's the whole difference between them? Should the motion sensor have picked them up even after the recording? So the whole reason that they're saying something is because the motion sensor picked up on the th- thieves in every room except the room where the Monet painting was. Gotcha. Okay. So they're like, well, if the motion sensors weren't working, but they were working when Rick went into the room, yeah. how is that a thing? Right, right, right. Fair point. Yeah. Fair but point. Okay. I guess at the same time, they they never rule him out as a suspect, but they kind of don't really believe he had anything to do with it because now he's like, he's not living any high life or anything. He's like a teacher's aide or something, you know? Oh, Ricky. I know. Ricky, Ricky stop being a potty in. I mean, after that, I feel like just outsider looking in. Poor old boy Ricky was probably, like, wrong place, wrong time, but also, like, super airhead. Mm-hmm. Because if he was a self-proclaimed hippie, mm-hmm. it was probably for a reason. Yeah, no. He was definitely a little wook. He was right. <laughs> He's a deadhead. He's a wook. <laughs> exactly. He was probably so fucked up that night, he doesn't remember what happened. Oh, yeah. You know and that's what I, mean? what I was thinking, like, when he's like, oh, well, I can't remember what they looked like. Like, love, when I am stoned, I'm lucky I remember doing things. Like, right. I'm, like, put my joint down and run around the house for 20 minutes looking for it because I forgot where I put it. Exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. <laughs> you think homie's going to, like, pay attention to what the cops look like with a fake mustache on? <laughs> with a fake mustache at that. Mm-hmm. And if he... Come on. I know. I wish they would have done it, like, mad dramatic, though. Like, when they said it was a robbery and just, like, ripped it off. <laughs> How long, if they were in there for, 80, for 81 minutes, how long do you think that mustache lasted? Do you think he ripped off at some point, or do you think he was just, like, well, I mean, fucking going with it? I'm, I'm sure he probably just went with it, because, yeah? like, I mean, he went, I don't know. <coughs> they could be seen? Yeah, that's true. They couldn't be seen. No? Ah, and they did take all the security cameras. I don't know. Exactly. Maybe he did rip there it off. No footage. Too bad they didn't find that mustache. We could have got some <laughs> DNA off that bitch. <laughs> Oh my god, that's a good point. You're right. Oh, you know the sticky glue back then wasn't like that nice pill-off stuff. Exactly. That should probably hurt. Left a red mark. <laughs> Waxed his lip. <laughs> it hurts. It's all burned. You have like, a, like an imprint of the glue around your face. It's like regular super glue. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, wow. Stu. <laughs> second <This> theory. Was- <laughs> Oh, God, it's how you say it. Okay, sorry. So, the second theory is that the heist was an inside job, which would explain how the kleptokuns knew that, you know, the only um, way to contact the authorities was to press the button at the security desk. Yeah. And it would explain how they knew that the artwork didn't have any, like, anti-thefts devices on them. Because a lot of artwork now in the museums actually have, you know, devices on them also, so they can't get taken. So, the FBI still have... Rick Abbott listed as a suspect, but they don't believe that he conveniently is, like, a shitty security guard. Okay. Kind of, because okay. it's like, you're going to just let him in, bro? Right. <laughs> you know? Right. Um, I feel like that's such an important ru- rule. If it's a rule within the museum. Yeah, they should have, like, day one, hey, don't do this. Yeah, like, hey, you guys are going to work security here. One of the rules we have is that you don't let anybody in. Even the cops, even the cops. You don't let anybody in. Okay, cool. Cool. Yeah, exactly. So they also don't really 
like the fact that he just so happens to forget what the kleptocunts looked like. Until a year later. Yeah, well, yeah, when he gives, like, that shitty description of him. Mm-hmm. Um, the investiga- investigators also find it funny that the motion detectors recorded the thieves in every room except in the downstairs one mm-hmm. where the Manet was taken, and the last person recorded in that room was Rick. And he's also the one who broke the security code and let the thieves in in the first yeah. place. Museum, it literally says, museum policy prohibits unauthorized personnel, even police, from entering the museum. And he claims he didn't know that that was a rule. Shitty employee. Yeah. Well, he had also broken the rule before. Did he now? Yeah. On the night of a New Year's Eve party that the museum was throwing, Mm -hmm. he snuck in some of his friends to party with him. Which, I guess, seems innocent enough because it was a party to begin with. But in a surveillance tape that was released four years ago, Ricky was seen letting an unauthorized visitor into the museum the night before the heist. Alright. <laughs> and the investigators believe that this dude was there to, like, case out the place and give it, like, a dry run before the official heist took place. Oh, very clearly. Mm-hmm. And Rick says he doesn't remember even letting anyone in on that day. Oh, oh, oh baby. And, yeah, in a 2015 interview, he says that he's still angry about that night. Are you, Ricky boy? Yeah. Who... Well, then, riddle me this, motherfucker. Who the fuck were you walking around the museum the night before? Yeah, no. You broke the rule three times? Oh, yeah. And came into work drunk and high all the three time? Three times? Uh, right. Mm-hmm. And you were... Bro, you can't be that bad at your job. Get the fuck out of here. You literally get paid to sit there and do nothing. I have a feeling good old Rick knows prob- where this went. I feel like he might have a little inkling onto what, because like he was he was in on the assist. You broke the rule three times. First of all, who fuck who the fuck employs an idiot who breaks a rule, a very simple rule, three times? I know, like that's clearly an intent to infiltrate on in 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 on my end. Oh yeah, for sure. And I mean, I'm sure they. You know what I mean. They probably thought that they didn't need to, like, hire a good security guard for the overnights because it's, like, nighttime. No one's there, you know? Right. So they probably just didn't give a shit. I mean, if he's coming to work in tight red pants and a tie-tie shirt. (laughs) Right. I mean, they obviously didn't care for the quality of their workers. Oh, no. Not at all. But, I mean, Rick's never been arrested. And he lives a very modest life, apparently. So it's not like he made a bunch of money off this. Good for you, Rick. Good I know. You. If you are really that dumb, I really kind of feel sorry. I'm glad you got out of the profession of guarding because you're not good at it, bro. And I'm glad you're a teacher's aide and not a teacher because what the fuck? I know. What? <laughs> what? I know. Is Because you know what? You know what's crazy is that you, you really do see people that just... Just like that common sense. Yeah. So, I mean, he could just be that dumb and that gullible. Yeah. Oh, that's upsetting. I know. That's so upsetting. It is upsetting. But, I mean, you know hippies. They could be very yeah. forgiving and, you know, b- believing. But come on, bro. I know. <laughs> he fucked up. He done right. fucked up. Right. right. With a lot of money. Yeah. Oops. So, Clearly. the third theory is from a Dutch private investigator, Arthur Brand an expert in international art crimes. And his signature move is to go undercover as one of, like, the bad guys mm-hmm. to get information. And he's even negotiated with criminals before to get back $25 million in artwork. Wow. 
1991, mm-hmm. he somehow got a hold of pictures of the stolen goods mm-hmm. somewhere in Holland. And in 2010, he got a tip that the art was in the possession of a member of the Irish Republican Army. In the IRA? Yeah. Oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. This, this, these little artworks have traveled far and wide. Oh, yeah. Wow. I mean, I doubt they could, like, fence it in America. True, that's a good point, especially if they're going to be, if, especially if they're being sought after mm-hmm. by the FBI that are still looking for the paintings. Yeah. Okay. So after working on the case for about 12 years, his theory is that the art was initially stolen mm-hmm. by some like small-time petty criminals, mm-hmm. um, was sold to a U.S. gang member, mm-hmm. and then they were shipped off to members of the IRA. Mr. Brand thinks that he can get the artwork back in a matter of months, but he won't give any details on how. But he says that the leads he's getting are, quote, making the haystack smaller. Cool. Yeah. So Kristen Satera, uh, an FBI spokeswoman, uh-huh. is quoted as saying, the FBI believes with high confidence that we have identified the responsible parties for the theft even though we still don't know where the artwork is currently. Damn. And Anthony Amore, Mm -hmm. the director of security at the museum, Mm -hmm. says that stolen pieces are usually found soon after the crime or a generation later. Wow. Yeah, well, it's been 31 years, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in more recent years, the FBI has actually been zeroing in on a local group of thieves with ties to the mafia in New England, Boston area, you know okay. what I'm and Philadelphia, including Whitey Bulger. Ooh, yeah. Mama. So their most promising newer lead is a used car salesman mm. and petty criminal named Robert Gentile. A used car salesman. Yeah, I know. It's so appropriate. Um, he was in prison for 54 months on weapons charges in 2018, and he says he was set up by the FBI to squeeze him for information about the heist. Uh-huh. And he has been maintained since 2010 that he knows nothing. Uh-huh. That's funny. <laughs> I know nothing. I know nothing. He's not me. <laughs> In 2012, the investigators found a lot of very incriminating evidence after searching his home. Mm -hmm. They found police hats, badges, and $20,000 in cash. What? Mm Mm-hmm. A sizable collection of guns and weapons, sorry. Uh Uh-huh. And a list of stolen artwork from the Gardner Museum with black market prices uh, listed right next to the names of the artwork. Oh, mm-hmm. la la. And Gentile says that the list was from an associate in Massachusetts as part of a fake scheme to capitalize on the publicity of the Gardner heist. Uh-huh. And however, he took a polygraph test and it concluded that there was a 99.9% chance that he was lying about his innocence. <laughs> oh my god. And Gentile was released from prison in March 2019 due to good behavior after serving 35 months of his sentence. He's pretty elderly and not in good health now. And he actually may be the last person alive to for sure know anything about the heist. No shit. Yeah, if he doesn't spill the tea soon, we may never find the $500 million in important pieces of our culture and artistic history. Lady love. Mm Mm-hmm. That's insane. Yeah. 
They just, I feel like right now it, it probably, it probably won't be. No, I don't, I mean. I don't foresee it. I don't. In 31 years, long as time. You never know. I feel like someone might die and then they, you know, at an estate sale, they just so happen to run across a Rembrandt. <laughs> you know, I thought, I thought maybe like deathbed. Deathbed confessions? Yep. Maybe, maybe. That's what I thought, you know, like. Grandchild. Get closer, please. I know. Let me tell you. Yeah. Let me tell you the secret. <laughs> you know, and then just like spill the tea. Oh yeah, I all the did it. Yeah. I hope so. I hope so. I hope so too, because that's that's insane. I I didn't imagine. I didn't imagine that, but you know what? It was it was very gentle, lady love. There was mm-hmm. no death indeed. Maybe just a very stupid security. Oh yeah, this is like something dumb. I feel like this is a situation that could have been he easily was prevented. Involved, let me tell you. I know he definitely had to be. I Ricardo feel like he did. The idiot, like the fuck is going on with that? Like you had no idea, but you were breaking the rule. You were breaking. You I know. Idea. You had no idea, and you just so happened. Mm-hmm. I call all that a bullshit. Yeah, no, I can see that, but at the same time, I try to look at it from like my perspective because I'm kind of an asshole and I don't do anything that I'm told. So I could totally see him just like you know nonchalantly being like, "Oh, whatever, it doesn't matter. They're just cops," and then like getting fucked in the butt because <laughs> how the fuck was he walking around the museum the night before? Yeah, no, I agree with that one. That one like, I is can't, definitely he weird. Can't mansplain his way out of that. No, he's just. <laughs> He done Come fucked on, up. Right? And he was the last one in the room for the Monet. I don't know, Lima. I know it was a faulty system, but it couldn't have been that faulty that it got every room but one. Mm-hmm. Every room but one. Every room but one. I fucking doubt that shit. I know. This shit is crazy. 81 minutes. I wish it and two trips to the car. This is fucking retarded. This is ridiculous. <laughs> the two trips just, like, are... I'm, and it's a hatchback, too. I know. And a hatchback. Like, I'm picturing, like, those shitty Acuras, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I thought of a heist. When I think of a heist, I think about, like, you know, the the big white van. Oh, yeah. Like, pulling in, mass, you know, guns, you know. 007. Dun, dun, dun. And more like dead presidents. Like, you know, like. Oh, yeah. Something like that. And then these two... Yeah, just two dudes. (laughs) Fucking guys. Fucking guys. And fucking fake mustaches. (laughs) Those are the fake mustaches. I really know. If anything, please just tell me what happened to the mustache. Did you take it off? Did Did you keep it it on? Did you keep it on? Did Did it give you a rash? I really hope that, like, one of the dudes was, like, way shorter, and then the one tall, skinny one was wearing the mustache, so they oh look like Mario and Luigi, like, stealing. You know what it would have made me think of? Like, Joe Pesci and that other guy in Home Alone. Oh, yeah! Yeah, like, those two. I can see it. I can Melvin totally see and it. Marv or whatever. Yeah, whatever the fuck. I can't remember what their names are. Fuck. I know. Them. Too bad they didn't have Macaulay Culkin doing their fucking security. <laughs> he probably would have been more fucking... Uh, he definitely would have been more adequate than than these two guys but you know what randy randy was straight up with it he was like listen i'm not part of this <laughs> i don't gonna leave me out of it i i definitely don't get paid enough for this i am not about it no and i mean at least they like gave them holes to breathe even when they wrapped their heads in duct tape so let's be thankful i guess i yeah. mean yeah because that's just, that's a pretty scary situation yeah so. and i mean they sat there like that until eight fifteen in the morning 
So people came in and found them and were like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, what well, happened? The morning security guys had came in to, you know, and they were, like, buzzing in, yeah. but they couldn't get in. So they called the cops because they were like, what the fuck? And then the cops came in and they found them in the basement tied up. Fucking yeah. Racist. Poor guys. <laughs> I know. And that's, like, the most comical thing I think I've ever heard. Just, like, reading it, it sounds like a story. Like, it sounds like something made up in a movie. It really does. That is definitely the longest heist. Yeah, 81 minutes. Mm -hmm. I don't think I even spend 81 minutes in a museum. I wonder (laughs) if it's like the sloppiest heist in history, too. Oh, yeah. Because I feel like even the, you said usually a heist runs 5 to 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. It's pretty smooth. Yeah, like they're like in, out in a jiffy trying to like get stuff and go these motherfuckers are cutting fucking pieces off stealing the top off a fucking flagpole bro you mad you dumb salty because you can't get it yeah like such a such a petty little thing i know you could fucking break into the museum but you couldn't bring a screwdriver right why did you think it was gonna go down i know what did you think was holding them up dummy i know he thought it was thumbtacks that's what it was (laughs) just all just innocently placed by thumbtacks yeah that's like really yeah that, like, that's how you know they're shitty robbers. Mm-hmm. And, like, you're damaging the shit. You're cutting it out of the frames. What What client wants that? You, I hope... You Apparently know, I someone. Hope lost some money because it was like, bro, really? That's how you're going to bring it to me? I know you're going to fuck it up. This wasn't... Like, I wonder if they knew. No, they didn't know. They didn't know it wasn't 1664. No. Like, definitely, definitely people were like, listen, this is an oldie. Oh, this... The fucking vase that they stole was from... 1200 to 1100 BCE, Lady Love. Whoa, holy. Yeah, like, this shit is old. The Edgar Degas ones that they took, Mm -hmm. um, he did, or he was alive between 1834 and 1917. So, like, these are fucking old-ass paintings. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Rembrandt ones are from the 1600s. Yeah. 1600? Like, that's fucking crazy. That's insane. Oh man, I mean they might have uh they might have not known what they were doing, but they definitely Yeah, they definitely made an impact with what they took. Oh yeah. I mean to take one of like the thirty six paintings in the world of Vermeer. Yeah, Johan. I know. Whatever his name is. Uh that's Yeah. That's pretty impactful. Mm-hmm. Like that shit is crazy mm-hmm. well whoever you are you've done outsmarted all of us scooby-doo cannot find you <laughs> but we still would like to know who you are i know so come on hit me up i won't tell i just want to know exactly if you don't you know if you don't want us to know then i mean if you don't want us to share then we won't share but just for the sake of just just tell me tell me what happened be satisfied Satisfy this, this quench. <laughs> you know, like the, the, the quench this thirst. I don't know, like I know something. Because I, I mean, if this old Italian dude don't give up the goods, which he's not going to. No, nah, he's gonna take it to the grave. Yeah. Unless I'm telling you, bedside confession. Bedside, maybe, maybe. Like, uh, deathbed, the bed, bedside, death, deathbed confession. It could be. Let's hope so. Fingers crossed. Come on, <laughs> tell us, tell us, gentile, tell us, please. The uh, websites that I use to find all this information is allthatsinteresting.com, bloomberg.com, dailyartmagazine.com, britannica.com, and I watched the BuzzFeed Unsolved episode, The Thrilling Gardner Museum Heist. Mm. I guess this concludes our episode. That's pretty good. Like I said, it was... 
It was it a good was easy very one. Mild indeed. It was. Next week though, prepare. The prepare extreme. for all of it. <laughs> wow. Oh, it's pretty extremely love. I'm kind of nervous. Well, I'll give you a little hint. No. Boy. The person who commits all of these crimes okay. does so while dressed as Santa Claus. For our holiday special. They made a movie about it, right? I don't know if they made a movie about it, but there is a couple Christmas um, horror movies. Well, there's one that's super creepy that where where it's called the night before Christmas, where they have like he's like stalking the home, he keeps calling the phone. Oh no, this is not this isn't that it's not that. No. No. Well, he's dressed as Santa Claus, and there's a flamethrower involved. A fucking flamethrower? A flamethrower. Oh, what the fuck? That yeah, is flame not thrower. what I was thinking. That's that's all I'm going to leave you with. <laughs> a fucking flamethrower? Yeah, and that's not the most absurd thing that you will hear. A flamethrower? A flamethrower. Homemade flamethrower. Homemade. Homemade flamethrower. I bet it was just like a jar spray in a... <laughs> I know. Shh. A lighter and a can of aerosol. Yeah. I give it to them. You don't see me making any uh, fucking home flamethrowers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Lady Love, you are going to find this next episode hilarious. Oh, I can't wait. For the holiday season. <laughs> so, yeah. If you like us, you can like our Facebook group at Wine Wicked Crimes and Cat Moms Oh My. Or you can follow us on Instagram at Cat Moms Oh My Podcast. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> <laughs> or email us at catmoms2 at yahoo.com. <laughs> Yahoo! <laughs> it's going to come back! It's going to come back! I feel like they should give us a, a, a little like sponsorship just because we are yeah, using we- Yahoo! <laughs> In a world of Gmail, look at who's staying true and blue to you, Yahoo. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeet. <laughs> well, we will uh, see you guys next week, I guess. Bye. Bye.